1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.
2: What a crazy weekend, Coach Paula.
1: Has it been a crazy weekend?
2: It has been. It is late on a Sunday evening. Late for us, but we've been busy. We just finished up preparing for all of our athletes for the upcoming week. And the podcast is the last thing we do because we want to take care of our athletes first.
1: Yep, we usually do the podcast after we've taken care of what we know our athletes are going to need for the upcoming week. Every once in a while, though, we get ahead and we'll record our podcast on a Wednesday or Thursday. And we don't like to finalize what we do with our athletes until we see how they've completed the week. It's team effort. Go team. (laughs) Woo-hoo-woo.
2: Let me tell you about my weekend.
1: Well... Please do. And
2: I know we shared a lot of the weekend together. We did. But I just think that it was an unusual weekend, and I want to share it with you and with the audience. And I will try to make it somewhat brief, but...
1: Yeah, I would love to hear about the weekend from your perspective.
2: All right. And you just jump in anywhere you'd like to.
1: When I found this out...
2: Well, that'll be interesting in the podcast.
1: Yes, it will. I like you just all leave it right in there.
2: That's a cute song.
1: You want to sing it to me?
2: Every time it rains, it pours.
1: No, I wanted you to sing the shoo bitty doo part.
2: shoo doo doo
1: Okay, back to... Well, I'm sorry, where were we?
2: I was going to talk about my weekend.
1: All right, I will quit fiddling with my phone and listen more intently to your weekend.
2: All right, so... You and I try to collaborate and coordinate our schedules because we're a team and we like to spend time together, but we occasionally do things differently. So this weekend, I decided I was going to drive about an hour away to watch one of our athletes race, one of our newer athletes, who we had not seen run in the past. And I was looking forward to it, to look at the form look at the strategy, cheer, just looking forward to it.
1: Which I think one of the reasons you and I have talked about that we've kind of wanted to see this athlete run is his cadence. Just looking at the data is not exactly where we'd want it to be, but we don't want to make assumptions as to why that is. Yeah,
2: and you just don't know how accurate our smartwatches are. Exactly. So I drove about an hour away, and I had an idea what time The race was going to start, but information on the web was sketchy at best.
1: And incorrect at worst.
2: Yeah, so I arrived at the location at the time I expected the race to start, and the location was almost deserted. And I almost just turned around and left, thinking, All right, it is really cold outside. I think I'll just go home. They must have canceled it. But then I saw somebody and I ventured over and asked if the race was still going to occur. And they said, of course it was. And it would be starting in an hour and a half. So I was early. Better to be early than to be late. So having some time by myself, I started taking some notes. And that's part of what I'm going to share. So this was a track meet, a high school track meet that I was intending to watch. And we don't coach very many young athletes but we enjoy doing it and it's uh, a challenge, but it's a good challenge. So I was at this track facility pretty much by myself. I volunteered to help in any way I could set up the track, but the coach had plenty of volunteers to get the facility ready. I remember back in the day hosting a track meet when I was in high school and our track coach would enlist all the athletes to help prepare the field. And there's a lot that goes into getting a track meet set up. So there were kids walking around carrying hurdles. Some were uncovering the pole vaulting pit. Others uncovering the long jump pit. Then they were shoveling the sand in the long jump pit so that it would be nice and soft. And then there were adult volunteers measuring out the football field from the Discus and shot put location. And I was really surprised by the attire that various people were wearing. I was bundled up like I could have been going snow skiing, expecting it to be cold, which it was. But there were people in shorts. There were people in short sleeve shirts. Nobody was dressed up as warm as I was, but I was comfortable. I bet I would rather be hot than cold. So while I was sitting there with time to spare, It was cold outside, but the sun was out, the sky was clear, and the concrete bleachers that I was sitting on, on this slope, provided some shelter from the wind, which was out of the north, and I was prepared. I had a thick beach towel and a warm blanket to sit on, so I was quite comfortable. It brought back just a lot of fond memories from high school when uh, I was competing and I remember carrying those hurdles and I was scrawny as a high schooler and those hurdles can get heavy. But anyway, it takes a village to put on a track meet.
1: Are you calling my high school sweetheart scrawny? I was I was
2: slender. How about that? <laughs> slender.
1: Fit. You're fit. Mm-hmm. Hot.
2: Oh boy. <laughs> so the track appeared to be rubberized. But it looked like it had some age on it, so I don't know how soft the surface was. I did not try to run on it. And it was smaller. It only had six lanes, so kind of a small track. But it's a small school that was hosting the event. I noticed the pole vaulter's path to the pit ran from the right to the left, with the wind coming out from their left. But I didn't think that was going to be any problem at all. The visiting teams had not yet arrived, and the place was buzzing. But eventually, two teams showed up. The first team showed up at about 45 minutes before this first event was supposed to start. And then the bus showed up with the athlete that I intended to watch about 30 minutes before the race started. And so I'm still just sitting there and I'm watching the various athletes roaming around. Some of the distance runners start running laps around the track. And I'm looking for our athlete. And eventually I spot him standing on the side of the track talking to some teammates. Which
1: you think you spot him. He doesn't live in our hometown. And we talked with him extensively via Zoom. But when you see someone in person, it's just different. But you were pretty sure it was him.
2: I remembered the face from our Zoom meeting. That's good. But when I walked over, being the outgoing person that I am, and that's a joke, I went right up and I asked him if he was who I thought he was and introduced myself. And he said, well, hello. It's good to see you. And then we went on to have a conversation. And he let me know that he woke up sick and was not going to be competing.
1: He had been hugging the porcelain all morning.
2: That's not a good place to be. And I've heard... That a stomach bug has been going around. So what'd you do? I told him I was going to take a step back. And did you? I did.
1: (laughs) Too late. Well,
2: I haven't gotten sick yet.
1: Well, that's because he probably didn't have a stomach bug, right?
2: Yes. Later, he sent me a text message saying, I don't think it was a stomach bug. I think it was nerves. Sometimes nerves can get the best of you.
1: He's lucky that former middle school principal wasn't there to diagnose the situation and go, oh, you're running. I may or may not have done that with Jacob when he would have academic team competitions. I'd be like, oh, I know you're not feeling well, but it's just nerves. We're going.
2: And it always worked out.
1: He'd go and he'd rock it too well.
2: So my first impression speaking with our athlete was, he looks fine to me. (laughs) But... I decided it's not really my place or position in this new relationship to challenge him on that. But now that we know him a little bit better, we can be a little bit more aggressive and proactive and get him to the starting line.
1: Now we know. But I did stick around
2: for the first event of the meet, which is what he was intending to run.
1: One of the events he was intending to run.
2: Yes, which is the four by 800 meter relay. And so I watched it and it was interesting to watch. This is the first meet of the season for all these athletes, unless they did some indoor track on their own or with their school. But but based on what I saw, I'm guessing this was the first meet of the season. And actually, I planted myself on the concrete bleachers near the start finish line. And I heard the host coach talking with one of the visiting coaches and the entire visiting team because the visiting coach said that their track did not have lane markings. So they didn't understand the relay exchanges. The host coach was very informative, very
0: kind,
2: showed them the different markings, the colors, the positions, asked them, to basically repeat what he had said, indicating the correct position. And then it seemed like when I watched the race, everybody exchanged in the proper zones. But it was interesting to see that in this event, some runners would stay in the wrong lane, even if they were the third leg of the race. They would be running around the curves in lane two when they're by themselves because they received the baton in lane two. I don't know why they had it in lane two. It wasn't crowded. There were only maybe seven teams between the girls and the boys combined at this event. But I say it looked like it was the first race of the season because almost without a doubt, every athlete that I really focused on, which was primarily the teammates of our athlete. They started out like a rocket and then started slowing down at the 200 mark with 600 meters to go.
1: That's a bad feeling.
2: Love the enthusiasm. Need to taper it just a little bit. Or be like Prefontaine and just be all guts and dig deep and love the suffer. But it was fun watching them. And from there... I went ahead and left. I couldn't stay for the whole meet because you and I had a funeral to attend. On the way home, beautiful day to be out driving. Followed the same roads home that I had taken to get to the high school. But I noticed a volunteer firefighter directing traffic on the way home on this somewhat narrow, curvy country road. And so I slow down and I'm navigating past the volunteer firefighter who has one lane closed and alternating the direction of traffic flow, and I see a gentleman sitting on the side of the road with his hands on his head, and I see a pickup truck upside down on a embankment, upside down, down a slope in the midst of trees. I'm hoping and praying that he was the only one in the vehicle, and he must have been doing okay because he was, he was sitting there. He wasn't laying there, and There was no ambulance in sight, which there's not a hospital very close to there anyway. But you just never know what you're going to run into, especially on country roads. I did see one deer off to the side of the road, alive. And if anybody's been listening to our podcast for a while, they know that I'm not a fan of deer.
1: Oh, deer. So before you get too much more into your day i just want to comment on it being the first track meet of the season and evidently a lot of athletes there were inexperienced with relay exchanges it just takes me back to the early 90s to mid 90s when i coached track and i coached middle school track so for a lot of these kids it was the first time they ever ran at all much less on a track and in a formal meet. So it was always interesting at the first track meet, all the moving parts and getting all the various athletes to where they need to be and make sure they hear first call, second call, and so on. And making sure they know which lane and when you can be in lane one. And I mean, it's just so many moving parts for middle schoolers to comprehend, but I love the the puzzle and the challenge of it, and it was also a lot of fun because a lot of times these runners had parents who may have also been runners, and so it was fun that the parents would kind of pitch in and help us get all the parts moving in the right direction, but track is just a fascinating sport to coach. I mean, we coach cross-country, and there's basically one starting line and one finish line, and... It's still a great sport, and it's hard to get athletes to compete the way they can and should, but whew, track has a lot of moving parts. Yes, it does, but you did a great job with it. It was fun. Anyway, back to your driving home and you saw a deer.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking back through my notes. I've, I took a, a whole lot of notes, and some of the notes I took, I took anticipating watching our athlete run. So I'm gonna skip those since that didn't happen. So when I got back home, it was almost time for us to go to a funeral of a a gentleman who we went to church with many years ago and you grew up very close to his children. But it was a, a really nice funeral. I was impressed that the eldest son, who is not a preacher by trade, officiated the funeral. I'm sure that was very difficult, but he handled it really well. And then we, after attending the funeral, we volunteered at the bereavement lunch, which was a great opportunity to socialize with some of our other church members and give back to a family in need.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much socialization I did because he was busy.
2: There was a lot of work to do. There was a lot of work to do. But besides serving, there was cleaning and there was a lot of cleaning but it was great. I think the family was very appreciative and I found the food quite tasty as I got a plate near the very end.
1: Yes the gentleman that passed away was really good friends with my uncle and my dad and so we hung out quite a bit not really at each other's houses but in various church settings and full gospel meeting settings and things. So I hadn't seen a lot of those children of his since since I was maybe in middle school and high school. So it's kind of fun to meet with, you know, meet up with people, what, 40 years later? <laughs> yeah. So, but it was fun.
2: And sometimes you can recognize people 40 years later and sometimes you can't.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they he has five sons and one daughter And I immediately recognized the daughter and most of the sons. Well, two of the sons go to church with us, so obviously we recognize them. And then the other three sons, I think I recognized two of three, and then I had to have the daughter help me with that fifth one. Yeah. But now they all have spouses, and they all have children and grandchildren, so it's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: So as the bereavement luncheon was... Drawing to a close, our son Jacob reached out and said he wanted to hang out with us, which is always a treat when we get to hang out with our children. And he was bringing sweet Ellie Ann along. So that was a nice treat late on Saturday.
1: Yes, and also Bethany was here waiting for us. I was going to help her with a couple little things. So she was here.
2: It's nice to be needed and wanted.
1: It's just nice to see everyone.
2: And Jacob wanted to borrow our treadmill. He was getting it done. And then my girlfriend said she wanted to spend some quality time and watch a late night movie with me. How'd that go?
1: I don't know. Why? Because by the time an hour later when you came in to watch the movie, I was sleepy.
2: Every day there's a little bit of coaching that needs to be done.
1: This is true.
2: And I've got to take care of things.
1: This is true. So while you were taking care of coaching and I was being a slacker... I got sleepy.
2: You weren't a slacker. You always have something to do. (laughs) Thank you. You you. have been spending a lot of time caring for your mother at the expense of your violin playing.
1: Yeah, my violin teacher is not going to be overly impressed with me tomorrow, which is now today if you're listening to this podcast on Monday. But I had a lot to work on from the previous lesson and... I have spent a lot of time trying to get the care for my mom as it needs to be. And just been time consuming. But you got to keep first things first.
2: Speaking of the first things first. So this morning, I got up and spent some time reading my Bible. And then we went to church. And then we had lunch with the family and your mom, grandmother, which is always a treat. And then I fell asleep on the floor next to Ellie while she was watching
1: Listener Kids.
2: Listener Kids on YouTube.
1: She says she wants to watch Blippy. But normally when she says she wants to watch Blippy, I turn on listener kids because it's just children's praise and worship songs and she delights in it and I feel like it feeds her little spirit.
2: She needs to be fed. That's right. And I was doing just fine sleeping until somebody coaxed her into Going over and pouncing on me.
1: You must not have been sleeping if you knew she was coaxed.
2: I'm a very light sleeper. Mm -hmm. Very light. Mm -hmm. And then we had funeral number two for the weekend. We did. I was trying to think, do we go to more funerals than we do dates?
1: It's pretty bad when your dates are to funerals.
2: We need to get out more.
1: We certainly do.
2: We did go see a movie last week. I think we talked about that in the last podcast. Mm -hmm. It was nice to get out. And it was good to see some friends at the funeral that we don't normally see. So that's a little bit about my weekend. I I did omit that Saturday morning before going to the track meet, I did get in my long swim. Longest swim in a while. I did a 2,500. It was good. You've had a busy weekend of training for your upcoming Boston Marathon.
1: I have, and I'll back up a little bit to Friday. I had Ellie all day, and she has not been feeling well. So I did a lot of quality rocking and snuggling time with ellie it was a very busy day and after she left had all the things to do so took care of things and took care of documenting some things for a meeting that i have on monday and then i told you i was gonna go and work on coaching for About 40 minutes, and then I was going to practice my violin for about 40 minutes. Well, when I came back to coach, I don't know why, it suddenly dawned on me, because a lot of times when Ellie naps, I'll do my easy two miles if I'm having a light day, because, you know, just trying to keep up this little streak run for a while, just, you know.
2: Crazy streak.
1: Yeah, so the kids are really on me, because evidently on a podcast, I was hounding you pretty hard about streak running. You were. And now for some reason I'm on the crazy train. I don't know how long it'll last but anyway Friday night seven thirty at night it dawns on me oh, I haven't run today at all which my minimum that I'm doing is two miles to count it. And I don't know why I said a minimum of two miles. I could have said a minimum of a half mile or something.
2: (laughs) I think you're following in our friend Lee Anderson's footsteps. Yeah, I'm just
1: going to blame Lee for this. I am. So if you're listening, Lee, thanks. So I was thinking, okay, it's already 7.30 at night. I need to coach. I need to practice my violin. I get all that done. It's going to be fairly late. And I have a 14-mile training run on Saturday morning. At seven. So I'm thinking, is it worth it? Or am I just going to wear my legs out to mess up my training run? So I thought, well, you don't know unless you try. So I got ready and I think you were a little surprised. I was headed out to the treadmill
2: and I was heading to bed.
1: You were headed to bed. You were. Sound sleep when I got finished with all things Friday night. So I did my two mile run. And then the next morning I got up and did my 14 mile run, which this was a challenging run because 10 miles were a build to marathon pace. So it wasn't just an easy long run. It was a little bit more challenging. And then, of course, after the run, I did all the things, the funeral and the meal and came home. The kids were here, those things, which is fun. I love it all. Played with Ellie again. Then I got up this morning and had another 10-mile run. And it was all easy, but hilly. So...
2: You got to get ready for those Boston hills.
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, on Saturday, I thought it would be a good idea to go to body flow. Because I've been trying to do body flow and body pump once or twice a week.
2: Strength and flexibility.
1: Well, it wasn't body flow. It was a different teacher and... She was getting into yoga poses that I'd never done before, so it probably wasn't the best thing to throw in something new. Six and a half, seven weeks out for the marathon, but anyway, long story short, I almost ran a marathon since Friday night. Two miles, 14 miles, and 10 miles. If I had run another two-tenths of a mile, I would have had a marathon in this weekend, but I decided I'd save that for race day.
2: Save it for race day.
1: Yeah. So that was my weekend. And then, of course, we did have the second funeral to go to today. And it was my good friend from high school who just 79 days ago lost her mama.
2: So this is your maid of honor's
1: stepdad. Well, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's her dad. He raised her and loved them just like their own. So his own. So, yeah.
2: Busy weekend.
1: Busy weekend.
2: Well, enough about our busy weekend. I did have a topic that I wanted to talk about. So, as you know, I've been dealing with a foot injury, and I don't know exactly what's going on with it. I think I will revisit our friend, the orthopedic specialist, tomorrow just to talk about options. I'm not really excited about getting an MRI because of the cost, and it's not going to cure the injury. I just... Want to know if it's going to offer anything other than I want to know if there's any value in doing it to help speed the recovery.
1: Right. Is there a different course of action you would take based on the results of the MRI?
2: Yes. And another doctor friend of mine has suggested that I wear a boot. So I'm going to discuss that tomorrow. All right. But that's tied in with the topic that I wanted to discuss. So when you get, when you incur an injury, You may have heard in the past, rice, rest, ice, compression, and elevation. So that's been the mode of operation for injuries for a very long time. And I was researching injury recovery, and I came across a different strategy, and it was published by the British Journal of Sports Medicine. And instead of rice, it's called Peace and Love.
1: Wow, that's a lot more steps.
2: It's a lot more steps. And it makes you think about living in the 60s.
1: It definitely has the hippie vibe.
2: Which we were too young to be part of the hippie culture back then.
1: No, but I can remember watching the Brady Bunch so I can, you know, relate to the hippie vibe.
2: Good point. So let's talk about peace and love. So peace is the steps you take immediately after the injury. And the P stands for... Protection. You want to avoid doing anything that's going to cause pain to the injury for the first few days. So protect the injured location. Minimize activities that could further aggravate the injury. P for protection. And then E for elevate, which aligns with rice as well, which aligns with rice. And when you say elevate, The goal is to elevate the injured area above your heart. And the A, do you have any thoughts on what the A might be?
1: I mean, I can kind of look over your shoulder and I've already kind of read it, so Mm -hmm. Mm. I wouldn't have known though.
2: Looking over my shoulder. Well, the A stands for avoid anti-inflammatories, which is not totally intuitive with my injury. As I mentioned, I've reached out to my physical therapist, I've reached out to a doctor, two doctors, and I've gotten different advice on anti-inflammatories. It depends on who you ask. According to the PEACE methodology, you should avoid anti-inflammatories, over-the-counter medications to reduce the inflammation and pain. And the idea of icing to reduce inflammation is discouraged as well. What do you think about that?
1: Well, is that because they want the blood and everything flowing well in there and doing the work to do the repair?
2: That's the idea, that inflammation is the body's way of promoting healing. C in the word peace is for compress, and E is for educate, P-E-A-C-E. And by educate, the idea is to understand what it's going to take to recover, and the idea of avoiding over-treatment. Don't go gangbusters doing new exercises trying to heal your injury. It may take patience. It may take a little bit of time. But just be educated and don't get overwhelmed with the idea that you need to fix it. The body takes time. Prayer can help, and you just never know when God will do a miracle and your injury will disappear. But don't do too much yourself to try to fix it. Give yourself some time. So that's peace. That's what this method recommends for the first one to three days.
1: And I think that educate peace is pretty valuable because I know you kept encouraging me to do this online remote physical therapy session which I thought would be useless honestly because anytime I've gone to PT even though I don't like the hands-on because I have my comfort zone which is fairly wide my personal space sometimes it just seems like a physical therapist would need to be hands-on with dry needling or active recovery therapy or different things so, anyway, I finally gave in and worked with this online physical therapist. And the only way that she could work with me is through educating me, and which forced me to do all the things and all the work. And honestly, I've been very consistent with what I've learned with her and my hamstring. Did not suffer at all during the heel work today. So, it's little better. That's right. It's
2: good. All right, so after the first three or so days... You move from peace to love. So the L in the word love stands for load. You need to start applying some pressure to the injured area. Try not to overdo it, but you don't want to stay off of the injured area for too long. So you want to start adding load, and that could be, if it's a leg injury, that could be Standing more, it could be walking, something to apply a little bit of load to the injured area.
1: Yeah, I know when I broke my femur back in 2013. On Saturday, I broke it. On Sunday, I found out I broke it. Had my surgery on Sunday, and they had me up weight bearing on Monday morning.
2: Yeah, and that was terrifying that you were up walking and they were going to send you home with me. And they did. And we made it. (laughs) But in addition to your bone being repaired, they had to cut through a lot of muscle to get mm-hmm. in there. So there was a lot more damage that had to heal. You are one tough cookie. <laughs> so the next step in the recovery phase is optimism. And this is the idea of don't get discouraged, don't lose hope that the injury is going to eventually go away. Stay positive. Think about all the great experiences you've had. Think about all the blessings you have had. Stay positive. In the grand scheme of things, the injury that you're dealing with is probably very small compared to the tribulations that some people endure on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, and I know um, Bethany has been recovering for a while from an injury and I don't know maybe two months ago she sat down and talked with us and like what would you do what would you do like if this were you what would you do and you had some great advice for her and then on top of that one of the things I told her is every morning I would lace up my shoes when I was injured and recovering from my femur and had been released to where it was safe to begin running again if pain would allow it like which it wouldn't every morning I would just get up be optimistic, lace up my shoes, run a few steps, and if it hurt, it was just going to be a walk. But every morning, I'd get out there just reminding my body, hey, this is what we're going to do.
2: Lace up the shoes and go out the door.
1: That's right, even if it was just for a walk.
2: Well, that leads right into the V in love, which sometimes when you're coming up with acronyms, you got to get pretty creative to spell the word you want to spell. (laughs) So the V stands for vascularization. Do you think I said that right? Vascularization.
1: Does that mean do cardio?
2: Exactly. (laughs) It means get the heart pumping, get the blood flowing, find alternative means of exercise to stimulate blood flow because blood flow stimulates healing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say you've been very good with that. You've been going to the pool religiously. Not only to swim, but also do some pool running while you're not wanting to pound on the pavement just yet. I've enjoyed it. Good. Yeah.
2: So find something that you can do. Don't sit on the couch. Stay optimistic and do pool running, do spinning, do walking, do cardio machines at your health club. Find some way to stay active. It's so easy to just decide... If I can't do what I want to do, I'm just not going to do anything. That's true. That's not the best approach. And then finally, E, and that is for exercise. And this relates back to what you were saying about get out the door, test it, see if you can get a little bit further today before the pain starts. And that's the key is not push through the pain. and Be aware of any lingering pain afterwards. So what
1: what movie is it from? Put one foot in front of the other and soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other and soon you'll be walking out the door.
2: Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Is that what it is? It is. It's the abominable snowman.
1: That's right. So get out there and put one foot in front of the other.
2: So that's what I wanted to share today. Peace and love. Did you have anything you wanted to share?
1: Well, I've had something for the last couple of podcasts, but I'm going to kick it down the road again, I think.
2: Kick the can down
1: the road. I want uh, people to pontificate this peace and love thing and really think about, are you using a niggle as an excuse not to get out the door? Or are you at the stage of you just need to educate yourself and figure out how to get better? Just analyze where you are and keep moving forward.
2: So I had a scripture that I thought I would share for this podcast. It is from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. Paul is talking to the Romans. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us.
1: Isn't it great that Jesus promised that When he left, he would be sending us a comforter through the Holy Spirit.
2: It is a great gift, and it was great to know that the two people whose funerals we attended this weekend are with him in heaven.
1: It makes the pain of loss much easier when you know that although on earth we're left behind and feeling sad, that the person who is gone is rejoicing
0: in heaven, and pain-free. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach@gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com.
1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.